Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, December 13th. And glad to be able to send out these messages and this broadcast over the Light and Truth Radio Network. Well, I want to thank you, our faithful listener, for tuning in. Some of you listen to WSWF round the clock. Some of you listen to WAJJ round the clock. Hopefully, some of you listen to WLTM around the clock. Maybe even WKYG around the clock. Some of you tune in at this time every weekday and listen to the Send Forth the Light radio broadcast. I appreciate you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in and listening and hope these messages are a blessing. Well, we began a message on yesterday's broadcast about Abraham. We're going to look back at that here in a few moments, and I'll say more about that in a moment. But I've got a song queued up before we go to the message. I do have some prayer requests. Like for you to pray. We've got some folks that's been sick and know a number of people that's been sick. Keep Brother Hall and Mrs. Hall in your prayers that God touch them physically and help them. And then so many with these colds and things. My grandson, Benson Shepherd, that's Benjamin's youngest son. I pray for him, if you will. He's took a back set on this cough and croup and stuff. And so pray for him, if you would. All right. Well, we're going to go to the song and then the message. This is the Blackwood Brothers. A new song came in last year. Titled, If That Isn't Love. Well, it is time to look back in the scripture. Today's sermon is coming from John chapter number 8 and Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to begin by reading some verses in Hebrews 11 and then go into John chapter 8. We're going to be studying a little bit about the life of Abraham. I've titled my message for this week, Abraham, the Character of Faith. He is used throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, to show us exactly what faith is like. And on yesterday's broadcast, I just really began with a lengthy introduction to who Abraham is, the character that Abraham is. And I'm going to go back a little bit on that today. I think I think I need to back it up and replay some of what was said on yesterday's broadcast just to recap and get us to where we're looking at what made this man what he was. And so I hope that this will be a help to you as we're studying the life of faith. And I'm asking us the question, do we live like Abraham lived? Do we live by faith? So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Turn in your Bible to the book of St. John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8, and Hebrews, chapter number 11. We're going to look at both of these texts. John, chapter 8, and Hebrews, chapter 11. i tell you what, I think I'll start in Hebrews 11. So we'll we'll begin there. These are familiar verses, particularly the book of Hebrews is anyway. Chapter 11. And looking at Abraham, I preached on him the other Sunday a few weeks ago, maybe a little over a month ago maybe, uh, about Abraham, and I've still got him on my heart, my thoughts. And so I'm, I'm looking at some thoughts about Abraham tonight. Hebrews 11, verse number 8, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither 
he went. Now, I want you to notice some words in verse number 8. Those first three words, I underlined them. By faith, Abraham. And then I underlined the word, obeyed. Because when you believe, you obey. That's right. When you believe, you obey. And that's what Abraham, and he proved his belief by his obedience. And we're going to look at that. Look at chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now turn, if you will, to John chapter number 8, and notice the words of our Lord in verse number 39. Jesus said, well, it said, And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. You know what he said? If you believed like Abraham, you'd obey like Abraham. Right? That's exactly what he's saying. Verse 39, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Jump down to verse number 56. Verse 56. Again, the words of our Lord. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Amen. Well, uh, think about this first mention of, of Abram here. You've got this Tower of Babel, you've got the divisions, God spreads them out, and then the generations start up in verse number 10. These are the generations of Shem. Now, the reason he picks this, this is where Moses is going to come through this lineage. Abraham's going to come through this lineage. Christ is going to come through this lineage. The people of Israel, this is their lineage. Their, you hear them talk about anti-Semitism. The word Semitic, they're a Semitic people. You know where that comes from? Shem. They're Shemitic people. That's where they get that. Anti-Semitic people that are Shemites. When they're, and they're against those, anti, against those that are Shemites. And so they're the descendants of Shem. And he lists them. And he goes through listing them. And Shem was a hundred years old. He begat Arphax at two years after the flood. And he goes on talking about how he lived and, and died and how Arphax had had children. And he go on and on and on. So here's what you got. You got Arphax, you've got Selah, you've got Eber, you've got, uh, Pelig, you've got Reu, Serug, Nahor, Terah, and then Abram. So you've got nine generations from Noah. And here's something amazing. And Noah's still alive. According to Genesis chapter number 9 and verse number 28, Noah lived 350 years after the flood. That's a long time. That's longer than just about anybody else. Shem lived longer than that, but most others died off. They, their lifespan started getting shorter after the flood. And, and you might say, and I'll just throw this out, most of us, we're, by the way, we're Bible believers. People say, well, I just don't believe they lived that long. Well, if you're a Bible believer, you do. Because the Bible said they lived that long. And there's, I believe there's scientific uh, reasoning why they would have lived that long. When there's a canopy over the earth and you don't have the rays of the sun beating down, everything's a hot house. By the way, when plants are in a hot house, they grow bigger and live longer. Produce more. Amen. 
And if that was the canopy of water over the earth, when God d- deleted that canopy and the rays of the sun came down and the, and the, and the, the, the different seasons came into being like that they are, people started aging faster, started losing that lifespan. And we see it happening all through, all through the scripture. Amen. But here's my point. And, and in a sense, maybe this is irrelevant for us. You might say, what does it mean to us? But I believe there's, there's a reason why God recorded all this. So follow me, if you will, in my thoughts. I'm getting to where Abram is. You've got Noah still alive. But the descendants have come and they've, they've, they've gone their way. And in the process of that time, and here I said I think it's probably about a hundred years, they, they do that Tower of Babel and God divides them and God sends a confounding of their language and sends them out. And that confounding of their language, they start these these Shemites start speaking Hebrew. And that comes from the man's name Eber. You see that in verse number uh, 14. And Selah lived 30 years and begat Eber. And Selah lived after begat Eber 403 years and begat sons and daughters. And Eber lived 40, I'm sorry, 4 and 30 years and begat Peleg. And Peleg, the Bible said over in chapter number 9, that, went, that in the days of Peleg was the division of the earth. So in Eber's lifetime, in Eber's son, probably somewhere around the birth of his son, that name Peleg, by the way, deals with divisive or cut in two. And so Eber is the father figure of this family. This boy's just been born and their language is confused. What language are they going to speak? Well, they're going to speak Eberhu or Hebrew. And that's what they call it, was Hebrew. Amen. And so he's he's here, and they come down that lineage, and it just keeps on going. And finally, you've got Peleg, that's the son of Eber, then Reu, Serug, Nahor, Terah, and then you've got Abram. Amen. Now that completes the part that we rehashed from yesterday's broadcast. And so let's begin with some new information as we continue on the sermon. So he's of that lineage. He's the ninth generation from Noah. Now, here's what I think about it. Noah, by living 350 years, potentially was able to see his grandchildren all the way down to Abraham. Amen. It looks to me like when you count up their ages, how they all, how old they were when they were born, how old he was when he dies, it looks to me like Abraham must have been somewhere around 58 years old when Noah died. Could you imagine seeing your great, 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 great grandson celebrate his 50th birthday? And he was already 600 before he ever got on the ark. But he lived that 350 years afterwards and saw all these generations. By the way, again, here's what the world says. The world says, how could the world populate so quickly with just a handful of people? When you've got this, these Three boys, and they're having children, and they're, I'm talking about multiple children, and they just keep on and keep on and keep on. And who knows how long they could have children. Amen. And so we, we read about one that's born, and then we read about another. But they could have had children born f- for years down through there. And multitudes could have uh, could have come in that time span. So here's the point I'm saying. Uh, e- even though there were people living in Abram's day, that had been on the ark. There were people living in Abram's day that had seen the judgment of God 
on the sin of this world, even though that was true, yet the majority of people on the earth did not worship God at that time. When God divided them at Babel, they weren't there to worship God. They were there to try to get to heaven by means of their own. Amen. Which, by the way, is the nature of man. To think, I don't need any help. I can manage on my own. Amen. And try to write God out of the picture or leave God out of the picture. Amen. But because of the multiplication of men on the earth, the fact that they were spread across the face of the globe, most men did not know the true and living God. As a matter of fact, Abram himself was born into an idolatrous family. If you'll hold your place in Genesis 11, turn, if you will, to Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Interesting that Joshua would mention it, and and I don't know of anybody else that does, to be honest with you, but he mentions it real clearly. The book of Joshua, chapter number 24. You know he's getting ready to get to that point where he says, Choose you this day whom you serve. That's 2415. The beginning of this chapter... Look at verse number 1, Joshua chapter 24, verse number 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for the heads, and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Look at verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham. I'm stopped just a minute. So he said, your fathers, he's not just meaning your dads. He's talking about forefathers. Generations back did not live in Canaan. Is what he's saying. You're inheriting this land, but your fathers did not live here. You see what he's saying? Your fathers dwelled in another land on the other side of the flood. All right. And personally, I don't think he's talking about Noah's flood. I think he's talking about the fact they've just crossed the Jordan River and it was flooded out of its banks when they crossed that Jordan River. And so that is, is a natural boundary that they would look at and, and talk about, I think so. But here he mentions who the father is of old time. He says, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. You see that? Who's they that served other gods? Your fathers that dwelt on the other side of the flood served other gods. Who's they that served other gods? Well, Terah is one of them. Amen. Nahor is one of them. And Abram is one of them. He was born, even though he his family knew something about God, way back, he's born into a lineage of people and a majority of people that it seems like they did not know God actually had false gods. Now, here's interesting. He had forefathers that walked with God. Abraham walked with God. Amen. Noah walked with God. I said Abraham. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God, which was Abraham's great-granddad. Amen. And so he knew people that had walked with God. Amen. And yet he was born into an idolatrous family. So um, that's his first mention. Number two. I want to talk about the fact that his family moved. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Now, if you held your place in 11, we'll get to chapter 12. Well, before we go to chapter 12, let's look again at chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. Last two verses. 
And Tebra took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Tebra were two hundred and five years, and Tebra died in Haran. Now there's a phrase in verse 31 that you ought to underline. That phrase says, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. Here it is, underline it. To go into the land of Canaan. That's not Abram leading, that's Terah leading. Terah gathered, look at verse 31, and Terah took Abram his son and Lot and Sarai. And they went from Ur of the Chaldees to go into Canaan. Now, we're not told specifically that God spoke to Terah, Abram's father. We don't know that. Don't know for sure. But for some reason, whatever the reason was, he loaded up, left Ur of the Chaldees, and heads toward Canaan land, and they get to the place called Haran, or Haran. Amen. They get there, and uh, by the way, they load up the whole family. And sometimes these names get confusing because Abraham had a brother named Haran. That's Lot's daddy. He died. He didn't make, Haran didn't make it to Haran, the town. Haran died in Ur of the Chaldees, it looks like. And so Terah gathers them up in verse 31, and he takes Abram, Sarai, and Lot, the son of Haram. And they go to that land of Haran, or Haran, and they dwell there. And Terah dies there. Amen. But he said specifically in verse 31, their purpose was to go to Canaan. So the family moved. Now, we're not told why they stopped in Haran. Short of their destination. We don't know why they stopped short of going all the way to Canaan. We do know, if you'll study it and look at it, you'll find out that Haran is about halfway between Ur of the Chaldees and the Promised Land. You say, well, how far is halfway? About 300 miles. There's about 300 miles from Ur of the Chaldees to Haran, and there's about 300 miles from Haran to the Promised Land, to Canaan. They went about halfway, 600 miles a long way to go on foot, driving a bunch of sheep. Amen. Long way to go. But they traveled that those distances. It's amazing that they did. When you think about Jacob going down, back down to Padanaram, that's that same area, Haran, that same area where Nahor was. Amen. Left him there. And he goes back down there leading all those cattle. But we, here's what here's what I want you to notice. We're not told exactly why, we're not told why they left or the Chaldees at this point in Genesis. We're not told why. We are later. I'll, I'll give you that in a minute. Genesis doesn't tell us why T reloaded his family up and moved, but they did. And it doesn't tell us why they stopped in Haran, but they did. So we do know that they made it part way, but didn't make it all the way. And we know from reading the book of Genesis, if you read on, that Nahor never got out of Haran. Tira died in Haran. Nahor lived and died in Haran. But Abraham moved on. All right, I'm going to have to break in right there again in this long, lengthy introduction. I'm trying to get us to the character of faith of Abraham. I've just ended with that statement. Abraham moved on. Now, these other people stopped, 
But Abraham moved on. What caused him to move? Well, the Bible says that Abraham moved by faith. And that's what I want to be getting to on the broadcast. So we'll pick this back up on tomorrow, Lord willing. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.